Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga, and thanks for downloading this podcast from iLikeYou.com. If you can, give us a follow or subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at iLikeYou.com. Now, let's get started. Mm-hmm. Was Cynthia here? Good. Mm-hmm. Good. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Hue Virtual Chat. And we are in a, I guess, an anniversary week here in Winnipeg, Manitoba, celebrating. Oh, no, no. Celebrating is not the right word. I stand corrected, but we are recognizing it has been almost a full year that we have been battling lockdowns, battling the pandemic, battling COVID, battling mental health and wellness, and so many other things. But today, we are going to celebrate being women, being women of power, and together we will rise. So let's open the doors to all of our lovely ladies here on the Hue Virtual Chat. I can hardly wait to see who's here. Ah, One day we will all be together. I see Linda, Charlotte, Cynthia, (laughs) Linda. Hello, ladies. Lovely to see you. yeah, I just kind of in my opening, I was saying, oh, we're celebrating this week. It's not an anniversary. No, I stand corrected. We are recognizing it's been a year, <laughs> a year of, uh, well, let's just say milestones. I don't know what if, if that's the correct word, but yes, by the end of the week, it'll be like a year ago that we went into total lockdown. Oh, and just here we are, such craziness. So kind of the theme, oh, and hello to Robin too. Um, I did want to say, you know, a belated happy International Women's Day of everything and um, all your friendship has meant so much. And Charlotte, I am going to steal a little bit of your thunder from your Instagram post saying together we will rise or together we rise, which is lovely. And Linda, as always, uh, you, your uh, segments, I love this one. It's going to be on our Hue at Home this week. How to be an expert of your own life. <laughs> oh, and Robin, yeah, I want you to comment on that and how we can be an expert on our, on our own lives. But uh, you know what? I think some more people. Is Kristen going to join us uh, this morning? Charlotte, okay, she's busy. I know that Susie will probably pop in later on and hopefully Natalie. So let's get the show rolling. Um, Cynthia, I think you are on mute. Nope, I don't think so. Now I can hear you. Yep, there you go. Um, So I wanted to first and foremost, uh, you know, congratulate you on your incredible journey throughout this year. How you are doing now, and I believe you're still across the pond in England or are not. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Because you, we've been living vicariously through you all this year on, on your travels. 
Uh, and for me as one, I was a little envious though. I mean, during the pandemic, it's very scary, but this is maybe a more personal question for you. Yeah. Yesterday, yes, International Women's Day. And I always think, ah, oh, it's not just one day. And I know I'm, I'm stealing that from Robin when we're talking about mental health day. No, it's not just one day. And no, we celebrate every day. For you though, what does that, what did yesterday mean to you? And it must've felt a little different for you just in the sense of where you are in your life. Yeah, it, it definitely did. Um, one of the things that was very significant for me was I actually got my brand new birth certificate. Uh, so all of my records have been corrected all the way back to birth. Um, so that's fabulous. And so this was really my first International Women's Day with all of my paperwork in order. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, every day should be, you know, uh, Women's Day, International Women's Day. Um, unfortunately, we know that that's not what we encounter. And so, you know, the reality for myself is it just means it's another day that we need to keep up the fight. Obviously, here I am in the UK and, you know, the big statistic, um, and I haven't done a comparison to Canada, is if a woman and man were to retire at the same age here in the UK, the man will retire with a hundred thousand pounds more, almost $200,000 more. And given the pay differential, a woman has to work another 40 years more than a man just to make up that gap. If that's not something for us to continue to fight, because that is certainly not equality and it's definitely not equity. And that is what women face, you know, in medically, economically, within power structures and representation. And of course, from a safety perspective, and we just need to keep sharing those messages. So for me, it was a wonderful affirmation personally, but it was also a reminder that we have a lot of work to do. Is the way of life and is it different where you are now, Cynthia, than when you're we're home here in, in Winnipeg? Well, it is in terms of, you know, the weather's certainly different, right? It's very much spring. I posted just yeah. on Instagram, we uh, just the flowers that are coming up and everything else. Obviously, that wouldn't be happening in Winnipeg at this time. So that's different. Um, you know, uh, the fact that I was able to hop a train on the weekend and head in, we still have restrictions, still limitations. I'm still living in a bubble of zero, meaning with myself, um, no other humans. Um, and so I get out to these places in order to know that I'm not alone. Um, so I spent, you know, three, four hours walking around London, you know, put a good 23,000 steps on. And then I took the train and came home. Um, and it was just a great change of scenery, the whole bit. And that's not something, again, you know, we would normally do in Winnipeg because you can't, say, live out in Ile de Chaine and hop a train and come into Winnipeg. And um, so, you know, that's a very different part of the whole kind of life cycle. But really, other than that, you know, I mean, most days, if I can, I go out for a walk. Otherwise, you know, I'm in my apartment and, you know, trying to do what we do. Um, and it really is, you know, going grocery shopping, still an exciting change of the day. <laughs> and like, well, have you had any kind of interaction with anybody, like even casual street conversation? I don't know. Um, you don't talk to people on the street. Um, everybody's masked. Everybody's trying to distance. 
within you know what's possible and reason but nobody's stopping and talking unless you happen to know them mm-hmm. um and i don't know anybody so there's no stopping and talking um i have met with folks that that i've created distant relationships we've gone for socially distanced coffee walks that's we're now allowed to actually sit as of monday so yesterday we are, are allowed to actually sit and have a coffee together that is a rule change that just came in because all the kids went back to school yesterday. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah, we're just starting to learn, but, you know, everything will be changing every five weeks if the data supports the rule change. If not, um, this is the way life is right now. But, uh, yeah. So it's another important question, vaccinations. I mean, we're very, very slow here, but apparently, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're ramping up. How is it over there in England? Well, you know what? Um, not even two hours ago, I my local doctor's office that I'm registered with sent me a message. I am booked for my first shot of the vaccine on Saturday. So, Yay! yeah. So that's, I mean, I'm 55. And that, so we're down to the 55. The, the vaccinated over 24 million people since January. And yeah, I mean, they're, they're, going as fast as they can. And um, I'm just very, very excited, uh, you know, to be a part of the program and to move forward. I realize it's not the choice for everyone, but it's the choice for me. And so I'm taking advantage of the opportunity. Oh, that's such great news. Wow, maybe yeah. you should uh, just fly over to England, ladies. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and welcome, Susan. It's so good to see you too. So we're all kind of saying a happy belated International Women's Day, but every day we should be celebrating. Um, Charlotte, I want to go to you now, uh, sort of um, your kind of thoughts and feelings about the day and also, too, about that uh, saying that meant a lot to you. Why? Together we rise. Or will rise. uh, And thanks. uh, Thanks, Tracy, for uh, for recognizing that post. Um, when I was thinking about it, I always think through the lens of um, messages or lessons that I can share with my daughters, and uh, because they're they're in their mid twenties or early to mid twenties now, and um, and really embracing who they are and their goals and their their dreams and um, of the future. And so I think of um, myself at that age, and I think of you know things that would have made a difference in my world had I been given that. So that's where my lens always goes, and I. I'm really um, very mindful of supporting women and really encouraging them. And then to, and and we do this every day in our peer training too, you know, the sharing of our stories and supporting each other um, to be comfortable in that platform of of sharing your experiences and your stories and your hopes and your dreams without squashing it. Because so often as women, our dreams can be squashed in, in a, you know, look down at the nose or just a, a slight comment. And it can change the direction of, of where you thought your life was going to go because you don't have that, that hope part. Um, so, yeah, so that's where I was with that. And, uh, and my, um, and my girls and I discussed it and, you know, and, and what does it look like for you? And, and, um, and uh, they're really embracing um International Women's Day, and they wish that there was events like previous years that they could go for because it was a little quieter this year, other than on social media. Um, I remember Robin getting to go to an event at the um, 
the city hall a couple of years ago um, and how exciting that was for her. And then me getting to live through her experience. And, and I was wishing that it continued, you know, it would have been a great um, event to, to go to as well this year, but uh, yeah, that's where I was with. So. Well, and it's interesting too, when we're just talking about being a full year now, how it, how has thing or how have things changed for you? Like Charlotte, yeah, I mean, we've all made it kind of work, but it has been a, a, a weird year since last year, March, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, this year ago today, I was on a, a boat in Mexico and uh, really thinking we were t due to fly home on Saturday, but really nervous about what this new world was going to look like and how we're going to get home and like a huge swirl around it, but also celebrating that uh, you know, got a couple of days left and, you know, the world that I knew before this holiday is completely different. And, you know, well, um, my biggest thing that I don't know if anybody else is finding is, is I keep threatening to throw all my clothes away because I don't wear anything anymore. Like I have these massive closets and shoes and I'm like, am I ever going to wear these? Um, I live in bare feet because Robin's and my job is hanging out on zoom and, and teaching. Um, so re real. So my daughters keep saying, don't, don't, this isn't going to be your world forever, but, uh, really acknowledging how much stuff I don't need in this, in this new world. Um, um, and my hope is that this time next year, it'll look a lot different and we will have had a great, um, international women's day where we all were together in person mm -hmm. and celebrating, and um, and that I still will have some nice clothes in my closet. <laughs> you still have your shoes. We'll all be wearing our shoes. Oh my God. I know I, I, I share your feelings with that too. Uh, it's almost like, why do I need to go buy clothes? <laughs> it's just, oh. Well, so Linda, um, so yeah, how was your International Women's Day or or days. And I wanted to talk a little bit too about uh, how to be an expert on your own life, which actually resonates really, really loudly with what we're in right now. Well, thank you for having me and congratulations, Cynthia. That's a really special way to spend International Women's Day. That's a beautiful, beautiful moment. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm with you, Charlotte, together we rise 100%. You know, I, I see the strength in this community. And I see, you know, I cannot believe it's been a year that just shocks me. And, but what I've seen is the incredible resilience of women to pivot and to just uh, be flexible and take on challenges and make themselves presentable from the neck or from the waist up and <laughs> <laughs> let the rest of it go. Um, uh, so my International Women's Day, I was speaking for the Winnipeg Chamber of Commerce, and I was doing an hour and a half workshop on uh, in, it was called uh, In Business for Yourself, and how to show up as yourself in your business and at your work. And it was uh it was really a challenge because I did this hour and a half workshop. I'd never done a format like this before. So I was just on that edge of like, I am like over my like discomfort zone. Like I was just like teetering 
but I held it together. It went really well. I did a combination of teaching, writing exercises, and then um, uh, one-to-one uh, breakout rooms, which worked really effectively. And I did four of those segments. And one of the segments was, uh, you're an expert in your own life. And I think what I've seen is that so often we are looking outside of ourselves for the answers. We are looking to experts and authorities and other people to give us a stamp of approval, to tell us we've made it, to, uh, to validate who we are or to just um, give us permission to do what we want to do right? We often look outside of ourselves. And it's important to recognize that you have the answers within you. And I'm not saying that it's, you know, it's not good to uh, be part of communities and look, you know, there's so many inspirational people who have so much to offer. But um, I think with that, you have to develop that self-trust. And I would say that was a big part of my trajectory over the past year was learning how to make decisions, quicker decisions, and deal with the consequences, good or bad, knowing that I had my own back, that whatever happened, if I was rejected, if, if things didn't go well, if, you know, things were falling apart, that I didn't jump in and beat myself up for you know, things going wrong or things failing. I had my own back. And that's part of being an expert in your own life is offering, offering yourself uh, self-compassion when things go wrong. And, uh, oh, there's my puppy. Um, oh, Charlotte, we got to see the puppy at some point. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Go with your dogs. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, speaking of trajectories over the past year, you know, we got, we got our puppy, like, I don't know, four months ago. So that's been a, a growth curve as well. Um, but yes, being an expert in your own life is trusting yourself. And, you know, when you are looking for support from counselors or coaches to find people that, uh, you know, encourage you to know yourself, encourage you to look inside yourself for the answers that resonate, that feel right. Um, it's good to be challenged, but it's also, you know, it's that fine line between going, uh, being challenged and being comfortable, you know, and I was certainly walking that line yesterday for that presentation. I was so relieved when I, I it was done. I was just like, ah, oh, that felt so good. It was exhilarating, but terrifying. So, you know, it's done. And now I'm really happy I did it because now I have a workshop that is uh, ready to go for another, you know, event or organization. So it was worth the effort, but uh, yeah, challenging. So it was my International Women's Day was great. I think there were 45 women who signed up for the event. And so it was just really good to be with women who were open to learning and supporting each other and, uh, you know, being part of a community. I think um, one of the things that I was encouraging everyone at the end was, you know, to reach out to me for, uh, you know, a virtual chat. I'm always open for virtual coffees and, but to reach out to each other, you know, you've met somebody in a chat room, you know, 
send them a message and say, Hey, you know, like, let's, let's get together. Let's, you know, it's a, it's one zoom link click and you are, you are in touch with somebody and, you know, your, your whole world opens up with each person that you meet. So, you know, that was something that I really wanted to encourage people to, uh, to, you know, keep expanding our networks and, and the more we do, uh, the more I'm thrilled with this network of Winnipeg women in business, in leadership, in change, you know, it's, it's so inspiring. I'm very grateful and yeah, happy to be a part of this community. Oh, wow. Well, you had a busy day then. Yeah. <laughs> Not like mine. Oh, so, Susan, we haven't seen you for such a long time. Talk about networking. Uh -huh. Well, I guess you've, you've had a busy year anyways yourself, putting yeah. the teacher hat on oh, yeah. and with Finn and everything else going on in your life, you know? Yep. Everything's pivoting. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all you've been doing. Actually, we've been pirouetting, haven't you? <laughs> I have on many fronts. Yes. So yes. I agree with Linda with the trust yourself. I think all women need to trust themselves. I think we give ourselves not as much credit as we should. And Charlotte, the rise up. Absolutely. There is hell rising in this house. And Cynthia, wow. Wow. What a fabulous, fabulous thing to do and get done that's just wow anyways but that's that's it that's all <laughs> and yesterday well, so was wine women and food festival oh. on Zoom. wow okay. well and it has wine in it i sign up it's like <laughs> guarantee well and let's talk about well your on your career side though too i mean being in you're in the film industry and actress and everything like that that you know filming was put on hold but now it's continuing do you feel safe going back on set? They have done a very good job, I must say. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's all the safeguards are put in place and um, the people that are running it, I know most of them, so it's all good. Uh, we're, I'm working on a project still with a friend. So we're going to be promoting that to in LA and New York, Ooh. whenever that can happen. <laughs> and, uh, and I've been working on directing. So that's it. Oh, well, that's great. No, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Oh, well, and but for you, I mean, it, and you know, personally, it has been you know, a, a, a roller coaster year, but yeah. I mean, you've changed too as well through all of this as we're talking mm -hmm. about the year now ago and heading into lockdown. Personally, how have you? you know, you've changed too on how you approach things and how you think of things now too, as well. I think what uh, the takeaway is going to be is we took our freedom for granted. I think we're going to find those moments now really precious. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's been tough on lots of families. Mm -hmm. So, and like, seriously, I, I'm, you know, I'm sure you guys all love the people you're with, but who the hell wants to go for dinner with them? I'm sorry. I can't. I'm out. I can't. You see them all the time. You want to go for dinner or lunch with like a friend. So someone that doesn't know everything you've been doing. <laughs> you are so right. Well, you know, that might happen soon. Uh, you know, in England, they're, yeah. I mean, Cynthia is allowed to go for coffee. I know that is so good. Yeah. 
Exactly. <laughs> Over to England, I go. <laughs> yeah. I think we are going to jump ship. I mean, they've already vaccinated 24 million. That's um, more people than there is in Canada. I know. Uh, <laughs> Robin shaking her head. <laughs> hey, we've got 2.8%. 2.8% of our province is vaccinated. Yep. We're just moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, so Robin, International Women's Day. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> it's this weird kind of weird place for me, right? I celebrate um, all the women around the world and like I still get invited to events and it, it feels like this really weird kind of fraudy thing because I'm like, okay, I'm still... This body is supporting me and my head is completely not there. So it's um, it's this weird kind of dilemma. Um, <laughs> so I feel like uh, an insider and an ally who's external all at the same time. Uh, I would love to hear your speech, your, your, your true Robin speech, and it'd be something like, just get over it. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Uh, like I talk about myself as being a hybrid now. People go, who are you? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know, some hybrid. You know, guys, guys, complete thinking in here, socialized as a woman, just a hybrid. Um, and and so yesterday I just worked. You know, I, I um, chatted to a few friends, but other than that, uh, it, it was much quieter than obviously in the past. And, uh, you know, when, when we were talking about the, the conversation about COVID and last year and, and next year, I got a few tears because I'm like, I have my first trip tentatively planned to go home to see my family, which will be the first time I get to see my family since my brother's suicide. And it's, I was talking to my mum the other day and I'm like, I'm scared to come home. I'm scared because while I'm here, I can kind of put it behind me and go, oh, I just haven't talked to him for a while. Um, but when I go home, like, and get to grieve with my family for the first time, it will make it real, mm-hmm. like in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, it was talking to um you know the person I date the other day going up I do want to go home and I don't all at the same time like it comes with these weird weird things yeah so there's joy and there's sadness and I wonder whether that's going to be out there for a lot of people given all of the events that have occurred over the last year for people that they have not been able to be with family or friends for not not just that kind of event but any event that there'll be a an excitement that I get to hang and a sadness that I got to miss a moment mm-hmm. yeah I think I think it's it's going to be an interesting an interesting thing I think I went off topic but, you know, I'm like that, right? <laughs> but this is what it's all about. It's, you know, it's to talk those things. I'm also wondering, too, and um, I mean, 
in that role reversal, Robin, of how you put it, there are probably people out there that, you know, do have female feelings, right? And Mm -hmm. may not look the part or look female. And in that sense, too, it is kind of a sad day that they can't really celebrate, too. Um, So there's there's so many different ways. And and I guess celebrating maybe, you know, means such a different meaning to so many people. You know, I'd, I'd obviously defer to the beautiful Cynthia on this one. Um, probably having gone through some days, um, you know, I'm, I'm coming from the opposite side, right? I'm yeah. always invited to those things. And then I'm like, am I a fraud? I got invited to a, a women's only workshop at a conference I was attending and I went, am I a fraud? Do I, do I feel like I'm going in here under false pretenses? And I actually stood up and asked people at the start of the workshop and said, here's my dilemma. And they went, we just love you. Come on in. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but, but there are those, there are those things. And Cynthia, I'd, I'd love to hear your kind of view on this from your history. And what a way to celebrate yesterday. I could just jump through the Zoom and give you a big hug. Can you feel it? Yeah. Um, thanks, Rob. You know what? It's um, I've always been very aware of the privilege to be invited into women's spaces. Um, and for me, a lot of people go, well, you know, given where I'm at on my journey, I have completed the journey of transition and all the paperwork's done, you know, everything's I's dotted, T's crossed. You know, it's like, well, do I need to talk about in terms of that I had a journey? And you're well aware, right? There's so many issues, which again, you know, I go back to those four key issues, healthcare you know, economic equality, but the safety piece. And the safety piece does not allow me to not talk about it. I can't disappear. I can't go off the radar. I am who I am. I know who I am. And therefore, every time I'm accepted into a circle, such as a circle like this, it is a very special moment to be in this woman's circle. And it truly is understanding the bond of sisterhood that in my prior life, I had no clue what that was. And it's just become, to me, the sisterhood at its core essence is love for each other. This, um, you know, as Charlotte said, it's we're uplifting together, right? We help each other. And that whole process allows us to, you know, kind of move forward and realize our privilege. And when, if I have privilege because I pass or so forth in space, then if I can help uplift someone else into that space and give them the benefit of my privilege, then I'm truly using it for good. And that's always something that I always have to keep asking myself that I'm not doing it as kind of a a self-fulfilling, you know, self-embellishing kind of process. It is about all my sisters being uplifted with me. Nice. But 
Oh, Robin, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, it, I, I think the piece for me is sometimes we don't take care of our mental health when we're in all of the swirl of what's occurring in life. And, and some, one of my friends from Australia who's a peer worker put something on Facebook last night and I think... I think I want to say it like, so hopefully it's okay. So when you're not feeling mentally well, it can take a great deal of fortitude, courage and inner strength to act responsible and put yourself first. Regardless of what others think, the individual is the expert in how they were feeling. And there's a big sign on the door that says, if taking care of your mental health means letting someone down, let them down. Because you're the one that's, that, that's you know, got to survive this too. And I, um, I think it's, it's always an exploration about ourselves. I don't know if we're ever an expert in ourselves. I think we're just in exploration to find out who we are and what we want. And I think it's an ongoing journey um, and, and one of the things I, I talk to our peer workers and I wish like everyone kind of upheld to this when they're working with someone else, that, um, it's about, um, I'm an expert at not being an expert and that takes a lot of expertise Right, that it takes me something to not think I'm an expert. And uh, I, I think it's just this beautiful journey of exploration of who we are and what's important to us and what we're passionate about and what sustains us. And, um, and you know, I'm very clear, Cynthia's passionate about supporting people to be their best selves I know Charlotte and I are I know I don't know Susan so I can't I can't speak for you I know Linda's you know after that I've I've had some conversations with Tracy and I I think we have this beautiful place in these kind of conversations in our communities to support others to get how truly amazing they are and then it's okay to stand up and it's okay to say no. No, go away. I'm not, I've got to take care of myself at this moment. So I think if I think about International Women's Day and why isn't every day International Women's Day and let's talk about Mental Health Day, but like every day, how do we support people to get how phenomenal they are, whoever they are? and whatever's occurring in their life. So yeah, that was me. Sorry, blabbing on today. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, well, maybe and I'll, I'll direct this to Linda and, and maybe Susan too. Um, just listening to what uh, Cynthia said, and thank you, Cynthia. And you know what? I mean, you're a girlfriend. That's it. Like, bottom line. I, I mean, from me speaking, but as a woman or as a female and ladies, we've all gone through it. I mean, oh, hi, Susie. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and you can jump in here, Susie. 
I mean, Cynthia, you, you, you know, you talk about it being such a privilege and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, no, no. But then I'm thinking, you know what it's like when ladies like you get introduced or you want to get into a new group of friends and you're nervous, right? And you don't know, you're, you know, you're very kind of self-confident, don't know what to say maybe, or hopefully they see me properly. I mean, Linda, you kind of said that you were thought you were over your head and giving this presentation to 45 women because you feel you're being judged. So I guess my point is, Cynthia, is that, uh, that you're not alone. Every day, we feel like we're being judged. And as females, and I'll say it, yes. And, you know, and, and yes, maybe it's different for uh, white women than it is for women of color. But every day we feel judged. So um, that was sort of just like, my gosh, you know, <laughs> you're, you're welcome in every way, shape and form. And, and you're not alone. And I think that's what, too, with spilling off from Robin's thing is like, you know, we're all trying to make and create awareness in a safe place just so we can let everybody know that they're not alone. So, Susie, you jumped in. International Women's Day. Well, it's been kind of like I've opened a Pandora's box and, yes, we celebrated, yes, and everything. But um, it has a different... It's still, it's still International Women's Day for me today. It's, a, it's, it's International Women's Day every day for me. Yeah. I don't ever take a day off from smashing the patriarchy. So um, <laughs> I'm glad that everybody else joined me yesterday to celebrate. But yeah, no, I'm still doing this job every single day. And um, I encourage everyone to join me <laughs> in that because I can't do it by myself. So no, um, you can't. Stand yeah, I, put out, I put out a couple of posts yesterday, basically saying that, um, yeah, you know, like yesterday is the day that we get to be allowed to talk about it, I guess. And then other days we're supposed to just shut up about it and put up about it. I, I don't know. But um, one of the things that's really important to me is about women getting paid. And we have seen headlines this week about women losing jobs in mass numbers um, and the possibility that those jobs and that um, income and that um, power essentially that women have might not come back for a long time. That is very alarming, and that is that is a crisis as far as I'm concerned. And it's time that um, you know our Canadian government, our provincial government, understand that childcare is not a luxury. We need a national childcare plan. We needed it 25 years ago, actually, and it's unbelievable that we don't have that now. We also need to incentivize parental leave for non-birthing parents to help people understand what that looks like. And that, that act alone will bring about more equity in the workplace because once non-birthing parents start to take time off she and realize how much work this actually is to raise a family to work at the same time, that's when we'll start to see some change. And then of course, asking for more money. How do you ask for a raise? How do you negotiate a better starting salary? How do you understand what your coworkers are making in their salary? We should be talking about those things. We should be telling each other what our salaries are for the positions that we have and the education skills that we have so that it's not a secret anymore because we lose when it's a secret. Women lose. Women of color, marginalized people lose when those things are not talked about. So I published a bunch of stats yesterday on my um, Instagram that came from the Canadian Women Foundation that did some national research about this and reported on it. And the stats are alarming. And uh, it's, it's not okay. It's not okay in 2021. And that's why my fight goes on 365 days a year. Hi, Cynthia, lovely to see you. <laughs> well, Cynthia was just saying about that whole uh, discrepancy in salary. Cynthia, maybe you wanna repeat 
and let uh, Susie know. Yeah, Susie, I was sharing in the intro that, you know, obviously acclimatizing to the UK is understanding that for women, that currently if a woman and a man in the UK retire at the same age, the woman will retire with approximately 100,000 pounds less than the man. And it will take that woman because of the pay disparity, 40 years of additional work in order to make up that difference. That's not equality. That's not even equity. That Correct. is ridiculous. And th it's time like this has to stop at least in the, in Europe. And, and I, I laugh at it, but at least they are setting targets in order to start addressing this. I don't think in Canada, United States, they have not set targets. So, you know, that is at least a step forward. But yeah. when you say a, a target of 30% for, you know, management or board, it's like, really, like, we can do better than 30%. This is 2021. Like, mm -hmm. it should be 50-50. Let's not settle on 30% anymore. It's just ridiculous targets, but at least there's targets. Yeah. Yeah. And I know even, uh, even still like for my mother's generation, so women who typically stayed at home uh, to, to have their young children at home and weren't in the workforce, that affected their old age security and their pensions and all those government programs that they were uh, meant to benefit from, they still only partially benefited from because the government did not take into account all those years of work and earnings that they missed. So, you know, <sighs> I, I don't like platitudes. I think you all kind of can get that from me by now. But the fact is that this is this is an ongoing uh, crisis. This is an ongoing struggle. And there's really no reason why we can't rectify these things properly and with processes and with um, with stop gaps in place to make sure that these this doesn't happen to me or to my daughters or to any other um, person coming up through the ranks. There are there are economic uh, things that we can do. There are societal things that we can do. And there are political things that we can do to give people equity and justice under their work and under their um, social safety nets. So where do we start? I feel like I came in guns blazing all of a sudden. I, I, just, I just drop in here today and I've got all these things to say. Oh my gosh. Um, where do we start? We start by, okay, so one of the things that I said in my women's, uh, in my post yesterday is that um, feminism is not about women in politics per se. Okay, feminism has to be about people who fight for equity and justice for all. That is the tenet of intersectional feminism, okay? And that means that until we are all free, none of us is free, okay? So until there's a, if there's a segment of, you know, marginalized people, women, women of color, whatever that might be, still being oppressed or still not getting what is rightfully theirs, that is not freedom. That is still oppression. So we, intersectionality means we all must fight. You know, and even yesterday, International Women's Day, trans rights are human rights, trans women are women. We need to say those things and to live those things and to expect that of our elected officials. And do you think we'll get that? Are we, we will that? when we we will when we start running for those political positions and when we start questioning the people in those political positions and start electing intersectional feminists. You can be a man and still be an intersectional feminist. That's not what this is about. This is not about genitalia. This is about your value structure. This is about what you believe in and what you're willing to fight in. 
okay, I'm going to put my guns away now and sit quietly. <laughs> my, my Susie, that would be my first thing that we do. We get her into some, you know, government <laughs> political run for mayor, Susie. <laughs> now, you know what? I was going to ask you that, Susie, because I remember when Rochelle Squires was on and she would, by the way, I love your guns a blazing. It's awesome. Um, I'm like sitting on the edge of my seat. Like, yeah. Um, I remember when Rochelle Squires was on here and she was talking about women in politics and she was saying that she, her fear is that less women are going to go into politics, that it is a, uh, even a less hospitable environment these days with the amount of judgment and um, vitriol. And is anyone here, like has, on, this is a question for the whole group. Has anyone here considered running for any kind of political party or political position? I'm just curious. I have never considered that. Oh, oh Cynthia, you have? Considered, yes. Yeah done anything about it? No, because my children were too small at the time, to be honest, and they, they were my focus. Um, I don't think I have that excuse right now, but I don't know if I'm psychologically there at that point. But Cynthia, yes, go you. Yeah. I'll help you. <laughs> you know what? I mean, much like you, Susie, uh, it has been for me an evaluation of where do I feel I can make the impact? right? I, I live by the saying, every great journey begins with a first step. So Tracy, where do we begin? Just take a step, any step, just take one step. And I believe that in advocacy, I can create more change than I can within a political ideology or so forth. And therefore, I want to stay out of the system and create change from the outside, because it doesn't matter who's in power, what the system is, I still have that power as an advocate in order to keep pushing for the change that needs to happen. And Susie was bang on. I said in the chat, like, well put, that's exactly what it needs to be. And, um, and, and, and I agree with you. I agree with you that not like political office isn't for everybody, but we do need representation at, at all levels of government, right? So if you, if you know a woman who wants to run, if you are a woman who wants to run, then you need to surround yourself with a supportive cadre who can help that happen for you. And whatever that looks like for you, I think that you need to evaluate what kind of you know, platform you wanna build and what kind of you know, um, um, values you want to put out into the world and to promote with your politics. So there's, I think there's tons of women who are ready to support that and tons of men too. There's people who are looking for leadership like that. And if we can help elevate those women uh, to those positions of power, we can absolutely get change a lot faster. For sure. We will never get the change that we need and that we want without that representation. So whatever it takes to make that representation happen, and sometimes that takes a lot of money as well. We can't deny that. So as we talk about wage gaps and you know, uh, cash flow and disposable income, all of those things, we will still need the financial backing of people with that financial power to help make that happen. Um, Susan, I was gonna go to you. Uh, talking even about wages um, and, in relation to the film industry, right? Uh, well, it's the same thing. I mean, the, your male stars will always make more than your female stars, although now it's starting to become what's happening is the system itself isn't changing. The stars are actually changing. 
So the male stars are actually taking their money and putting it, making it more equitable so that they are making the same amount. So when you think of it that way, it's changing the system from the inside instead of the outside, the outside which is very cool. Yeah. But um, Susie, so why the hell aren't you running? Like, I'm sorry, but you have, you have energy, you have ideas and you have guns blazing. So I don't I have financial backing to do it. Yeah, but you could perfectly blind, right? You will yeah. find financial backing. I haven't had that, that treasure trove come approach me and say, I will bankroll your run yet. So yeah. Well, you just, when that happens, you'll be the first person I let know, Susan. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, we can't. We have to be real about this, right? Is that it does take money to run. It does take financial backing. So um, those those pieces need take? to be in place. It's not, like I'm, I'm, I'm clueless as to this. Like if you were, would you run for council or for an MLA? You know what? I don't know, Linda. I don't know, actually. I think that, uh, I think that, you know, like Cynthia said there, are, and I have always said, if you want to change the world, start with your community. So I really do believe that you can do so much more at the grassroots level and really kind of help change, not just policies, but the way people think and the way people see the world, right? Um, but that being said, you know, what I would give to see you know, um, the kind of leadership that is that intersectional feminist um, taking her, her or his words to power and to not just living on platitudes, but actually making radical change and, and, and even partnership and bipartisanship making that stuff happen. I don't think it's, it's, um, it's a lofty goal. It should be the standard, but here we are. Wow. Robin. Susie for prime minister. <laughs> yeah well hey my daughter my daughter can run for prime minister i've already told her i, I can absolutely run her campaign yeah <laughs> robin would you ever consider running nope nope that was very quick uh yeah um there's a couple of things one um i don't think i'm the 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 best person to run I think I'm absolutely happy to support <laughs> someone else run I think um yeah I tend to get myself in trouble sometimes with my Australian bluntness um but maybe that's a good thing I it's Robin, just that's what the press would just dub refreshing <laughs> <laughs> um I just I, you know, I think I've worked for government departments before and I've gone crazy. And I think for my mental health, it wouldn't be advisable to run. Um, I, I think I can create more change. As Susie said, I think I have the ability to do a lot more at a grassroots level. I, and actually, truth be told, I can't vote in this country. So I wouldn't actually be able to run anyway unless I changed my status here. Um, and then it's one of those things, right? Like I look at all of the parties and every party, like I hesitate to say this, I, I'd probably get bashed, but every party has a snippet of cool stuff and every party has snippets of crap. And it doesn't matter whether they're your favourite party or not. They're never going to get everything right. And so I look at it and go, 
I'm in charge of my own destiny right now. I can say what I want, where I want, do what I want. That's why Charlotte start, and I started our business. We're not held down by anything. And I think in a, if you were running, yes, you can say quite a lot, but there's probably still some things, you know, there'd be some cautiousness about how loud you got. I don't know. That's just my perception. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to continue to play and have fun in the ways that I do and, and be very clear, nobody can shut me up except me. <laughs> except for you. Now, oh, that's that's Charlotte, but that doesn't work very often. <laughs> it's a great campaign slogan, though. I love it. Nobody <laughs> can shut me up but me. Nobody I can shut me up, period. Raise yeah. money then. <laughs> I had one one quick question again for the group. I'm curious, like, because this is a group of uh, strong leaders in the community right now. If there were our male counterparts, seven male counterparts who all had very strong views, very strong advocates, very strong ideas, would they be saying, I won't run for office. I, I, I prefer to stay back and, you know, advocate or work at the grassroots or would like what I'm trying to think of what is the difference in how men are socialized to take power and women are socialized to support power. And I wonder if there's a little of a, a, a gender difference that's coming out because that's, Oh, like of course when, I, when I hear you, Susie, I'm like, I'm like Charlotte. I'm like, I will support you. I'll support. Like that's that role is so easy for me to slip into. I'll happily support somebody else's rise. I wouldn't be like I would my own rise. No, I'm like, oh no, that's not for me. But I just and that's just such a. Uh, knee-jerk reaction. So I'm, I'm interested what everyone else thinks of that. I think, I think you're right. I think there's a, definitely a gender disparity in terms of how we view power and even just using that word power. You know, I think that there's a negative connotation when a woman uses the word power and there's a positive one when men use it. I think that when women say they feel powerful, people are just like, they're immediately threatened by that. As opposed to a man is just allowed to command power, right? So I, I'm going to have to check myself about my own biases there um, because I agree with you. I think that um, we absolutely need more women with tangible power that can make changes and things like that. And we need to not shy away from taking power where we see that we can make a change. Power is powerful, right? And it's even more powerful when you want to make changes for a lot of people, not just the people that you identify with and that you see yourself in. You need to make changes for everybody that will better the world, right? Um, yeah, I, uh, I hope I can uh, aspire one day to you know, seize that and just, and run with it. Um, but I'm not there yet, Linda. Um, you might be closer than you think. Oh, I think that's another slogan too. Um, going to Linda, I, I love it. If we were all, if we were all men, and I think part of our brain can work like men, I, you know, <laughs> yes, yes, I know, Robin. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I kind of think their conversation would be a little bit more 
wary uh, because right now it, it is, it's a volatile situation to be white and male and especially in power. Um, pretty easy, so- Tracy. It's pretty easy. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> not going to go into politics because they're a white male. Like that's just not going to happen. So I think that, I think too, that, you know, when you... Uh, women can see already the threats that will come to them should they put themselves out in that public sphere men do not see that they don't see those threats because their threats are not personal their threats are about maybe their actions right uh, and even then they can explain those away but when it comes to your actual physical safety your looks your how you present yourself to the world those are all personal attacks the the attacks that women will face in politics regardless of your party um are, are always going to be personal and they're going to be horrific in the sense of the vitriol that you will, um, that you will court. And uh, I, I think that no matter what political party you're from, if you, if you have put yourself out there as a woman, you have seen the worst of the worst absolutely come to you. And I wish Rana were here because I know that she's lived that. Yeah. Um, so there, that I think is the, that is the intrinsic threat to putting ourselves out there. And if you if you are already, you know, questioning whether that's for you, that's enough to make you go, I don't know if I can do that because that's that's a bit much. I don't I don't know if I can put myself in that vulnerable position and my family and my children and whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Fair enough. No. Very very true, Susie. It, it, women in politics are attacked for their looks, their sexuality, their their values their family values you know um and and men are attacked on the their politics their you know their policies you know um so i think you're right it is it is um you are making yourself very vulnerable to uh to enter into politics interesting so good discussion i love this so then how do we change that i'm always saying change that well so why like that i that just is why do we just let that go? I don't know that we let it go. I think that, um, you know, it, it, it takes a certain type of person to be strong enough to do that in spite of that threat, right? That's the thing, right? So now if we had more, um, you know, uh, women that were, uh, you know, going back to that intersectional feminism, uh, if, if we had more women that were supporting each other women, other women with that same kind of value system, that might lend a bit of a tidal wave, you know, effect to that. Um, but I feel like we're not there yet for whatever reason. Now, I think it doesn't mean that we can't start getting there, but I don't feel that we're there. I think the, I, I think to answer your question, Tracy and, and Susie, you know, it is about having that community support uh, you know, if, if, and, and if you are the type of person who wants to take on that risk, knowing you've got the backing of a whole community of people, women, men, and money <laughs> supporting you, um, uh, that would make a difference. And, you know, then of course you're layering in learning how to not th- take things personally, you know, learning how to manage your own feelings when things come up that, you know, um, all those kind of things, it, it would be, it would be work to do that. And now that being said, I think that there's a whole generation of young girls and young women who are growing up to not think about those things, Linda. Like, I think that there's a whole cohort of young, like my daughter's part of that cohort who doesn't, or at least not yet, 
doesn't care what other people think about her or her thoughts or her motivations or her, or, you know, whatever, her politics basically, right? And um, that's great because if we as a society can foster that attitude and get them to the point where they can run for office unfettered by these hangups that our generation, that my generation has, that would be amazing. And that's what I that's what I try to do with my daughter. I try to not, you know, tamp those t things down and say like, yes, stand up for yourself, and yes, you can say that, and yes, you can say no, and all those things, right? So there's there's years of undoing that we would need to do. But I think that not that we need to wait 20 years for this new generation, but that's what it will take is that intersectional feminist raising more intersectional feminists to get us to that point. That's a big word. But, you know, and it just stems down to, right, is just accepting people as people, as human beings, acceptance without understanding, um, you know, just empathy, respect, all simple concepts. I, it, yeah, I think we definitely do need to start leveling the playing field, especially if we want to have women like Susie speak for us and be in a political position without having to explain yourself, without having to, you know, or be slammed by social media and media. And I think media has to take a big stance too. Like, I mean, don't dig up things that happened 25 years ago. Um, think about what that person is, who he or she is right in the moment, in, in this moment, what do they represent? What do they stand for and move from there? I think a lot of us, and it's a generational thing. We get hung up on the past. And I think now, especially since we've been living like this for a year now, could possibly be a, not until next year that we can all be together. Um, we've had a lot of time to think. And it's like we've, we've lost a whole year we've, just by sitting here. But we've been creating and fostering such great ideas and having such great conversations. So let's just move the boat forward. That's what I say. I mean, we can start here. So I'll be starting to save my pennies. Oops, sorry. Pennies are obsolete, <laughs> so <laughs> and I can't even do a fundraiser. I will do a virtual yeah, Zoom. Increase the increase in feminine um, shows, mm -hmm. showing showing them in what were typical male genders. Like they have the strong female cops now. They're the ones that are leading the storylines. They're not the ones following the male lead. Like they've changed, they're slowly changing and the, the directors and the writers are all be, like, there's tons of women that have flooded the market and they're showing that they're not only strong, but their stories and their voices carry a lot of weight. So I think things are moving the right way. It's just taking a long time. Well, but like you said though, Susan, yes, in your industry, it's starting from the inside because the mm -hmm. actors are now getting a voice it's not they're not tailed to the big uh movie companies or whatever anymore and, and the pandemic helped yeah because it became zoom hulu like web series that blew out the who was controlling all of the strings before they're mm -hmm. no longer the ones controlling all of the you know mm -hmm. strings so it's making it far better and more diverse well and who's to say you can't even you could have a, a zoom a virtual campaign yep. and, and just be doing, you could be all over the place, right? Instead yep. of, oh, I've got to be here and then travel an hour time over there. No, boom, you could be all over the place. So there, guns blazing. 
Heads down on the whole financial thing. <laughs> I know. You're right. You're right. No, it, uh, yeah. When you kind of think of it, uh, well, we're, we're really due for a female mayor. I really do feel that and it's social not. media platforms have proven that they do win lots of uh, votes. So, yes. So there you go. Mm. Our wheels are all turning. Charlotte, you've just been sitting there very silent. Oh, you're probably playing with your puppy. Is your puppy around? No, he's, uh, he's in the other room. How about yours, Linda? Oh, no, he's upstairs. <laughs> he's upstairs. Something. <laughs> or something. But yeah. You know, um, I was just going to add, so um, I would never run um, and I would support Susie. Um, one of the things that Robin and I have the privilege of, and Kirsten, is um, the uh, the government reaches out to us a lot um, around mental health. Mm -hmm. And um, we're very honored to be included in a lot of conversations with them. And uh, so that's my give back um, to our community. Um, and I think by running, it would change that conversation because we have um, MLAs from all parties reaching out to us um, when uh, people in their constituency are, are struggling with mental health and they need some supports. And, uh, and because we keep that neutral platform um, and, and the conversation is not political, it's about mental health of our community. Um, they are appreciative of it and they continue to reach out. So, um, <laughs> so you that's have a behind the scenes or, a, you know, yeah. but that, that's what works for us. And, um, and I love how, um, the Minister of Families, that department reaches out to us. And I love how, like I said, the other um, uh, members reach out as well. Um, but uh, I totally would support uh, any one of you guys to run and I would be there and backing. And I, I was asking Susie which um, party she would be part of. Um, my family, um, my aunt was the bag lady for the PC party of Manitoba. She was the it was her full-time job was, I called her the bag lady. She, that was her job was to, to raise money for the PC party. And uh, at a young age, I was dragged out to all events and uh, learned how to fundraise um, and campaign for people. So I do have that knowledge in my head and I can do it for the Liberal Party or I could do it for the NDP party because I think it's the same recipe. It's just, uh, she, uh, she got that ingrained in me on how to make it happen, so. I'm offering that publicly to you, Susie, my knowledge when you decide to run. <laughs> well, yes. Okay. So noted. Yeah. <laughs> and Cynthia, I don't know. Are you coming back to Canada? Cause if you're going to run, I'll, I have that knowledge for you too, but I keep okay. thinking that you're, you're loving where you are and we may have to visit you. Um, it's completely undecided at this time. Okay. Spoken yeah. like a true politician. Enjoy yeah. London town for me. <laughs> no <Cynthia>. comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, yes, I think uh, Cynthia or Susie, incredible candidates. And uh, you know what, whatever, whatever is decided, but I, I really truly hope that we do have a female candidate anyways for mayor, start at mayor, um, maybe uh, provincially too, who knows. Um, you know what, uh, Charlotte, I would love to get Audrey Gordon on our chat. Yeah, she's wouldn't she be awesome? Yeah. yeah. Well, you I, just said that you have government ties. but <laughs> I, Robin and I are waiting for our, our meeting with her, and then I will... Uh, okay, casually, just, yes. 
<laughs> but she would be amazing. And yeah, what and she's now our health minister. But uh, yes, a lot of great points raised today. She's our mental health minister. Yes. Yeah. Um, Heather Stephenson is the minister of health. So two strong women. Very strong women. Maybe yeah, both. both of them. Both of them. Yes. Yes. That sounds great. But uh, lots to think about, um, Mayor Susie. And, uh, you know, it's been uh, always a pleasure. And so thank you so much. I'm changing Jenny. my Twitter handle to that, Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should. We need to take yeah. a snapshot. Like this is the... <laughs> This is the core group of people who are starting the uh, the, the next the inner, wave in politics. This yeah, is where the, it started, right here. The <laughs> intersectional inner office there, or something <laughs> like that. Um, Susan, Susan will be along to document everything, and then we'll sell it to Netflix or HBO or whatever, whoever gives us the, the million-dollar contract, right? Okay. <laughs> so, oh, no, it's so great. And you know what? Again, congratulations, Cynthia. What a wonderful gift. And you're always welcome here. So don't even wait for me to invite you. Just join in. Yes. So and always keep us up to date. Start taking pictures of those, more pictures of those flowers. They're amazing. Beautiful. Okay. So on next week, anti-racism again. I, I wanted to talk about Megan and Harry's interview with Oprah. Did anybody see it? Linda's nodding her head. <laughs> press the unmute button uh, oh, yeah. Oh uh, yeah that's a whole thing for next week but my yeah. word yeah like, because we'll probably have more there'll be more uh, you the know mental, mental health and the racism the two of them were the it was just it was such an amazing powerful yeah. thing to watch so I so next week bring your cup of tea and you're a little fascinator, or maybe we'll throw those out the window and the cup of tea. Who knows? But that'll all happen next week. So have a wonderful week. Oh, someone's got a call. Okay. Next Zoom. The next Zoom meeting. Take care. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, Cynthia. All our love. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of ilikeyou.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on blasttheradio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's blasttheradio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. 
Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.